Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the RXP podcast. Today, I'm your host, Tiffany, and my co-hosts include Alex. Shout out to the indie video game No Straight Roads as a carryover from our previous episode. And Matt. What up? So uh, this podcast is a podcast where three working professionals come to talk about their love of video games, TV shows, and movies. And today we're super excited to talk about our most anticipated experiences for 2021. We've narrowed it down to three items each, and we're going to break that down for you today. I'm going to begin the conversation uh, to talk about my number three most anticipated experience of 2021. I, you know, to be fair, I'm not even sure if this is actually coming out in 2021, but I really hope it does. I'm talking about Umbrella Academy season three. Ooh, nice. Oh. Well done. So Umbrella Academy season two came out in 2020 and I loved it. Uh, we didn't do a peer review about season two. I don't know why. I think there was just a delay in timing and all that. I kind of wish we did, but I adore Umbrella, Umbrella Academy. I never read the comics. However, the first season was so quirky and fun and unique that I was really into all the characters. Uh, shout out to number five, Aiden Gallagher. He is like an astonishing and remarkable young actor and i'm so mm. excited to see him in future projects but as his role in number five he's excellent and honestly season two was so good uh i actually think i liked it better than season one mainly because all the sibs were interacting a lot more you know season one we saw them a little bit more divided in season two they're a little um more like paired off and into groups and you get to see them interact with each other which i love because you know uh, I love family stories and even a dysfunctional family. It's fun to watch. And then so season three, I'm super excited to see what's next, especially with the way we were left off in season two. I'll keep this spoiler free. But yeah, I'm super excited from Brella Academy season three. They just released a cast list of new characters joining for season three. So I really hope that means they're coming out this it's coming out this year. Any notable new names? One of the ladies who voiced Honey Lemon in Big Hero 6 is going to act in season three. I cannot recall her name. Hmm. Shout I out to Honey like, Lemon. <laughs> I think it's. I'm trying to think of who is Honey Lemon. <laughs> oh, she is the tall girl that created the chemical ball power. Got like it. She I think she's yeah. Spanish. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is I she? think. Okay. Oh, you know what? Her name. I, th I think I remember now because it's very unique. I believe the actress's name is Genesis Rodriguez. Okay. Um, I Yes, I am correct. I don't know that Sweet. she's been in any um, other live action things, I guess. But I mean, she's she was adorable and sweet as Honey Lemon. Um, mm. Also, it looks like I'm quickly looking at Wiki right now. She has been in things <laughs> she has been okay. acting but previously <laughs> so anyway i'm i'm just really excited for umbrella academy season three yeah i i i kind of i kind of wish like i remembered about umbrella academy because like with our recommended experience podcast which if you haven't if you haven't listened to it you should go listen to it it's last episode um 
But this came out July 31st, which was literally like maybe a couple weeks before we started the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. So like it was right on that cusp. Um, but looking back, I like I, I talked about another TV show um, and this was right up there with it. Like I, I think, you know, we talked about the boys um, in a peer review and like Tiffany, you and I like talked about this after we recorded last the last podcast. Like I... I wish I had at least mentioned it as an honorable mention, but this completely slipped my mind. Like 2020, of course, was the longest year <laughs> to date. Of everyone's um, life, yeah. Right, right. Um, but yeah, what a great show. And I agree. Season two, I thought, was so much better, and it built up so much more in that yeah. world. So I'm, I'm really excited for season three. I really agree with you, because like, I regret not shouting it out at the end of the last episode, Umbrella Academy season two. Like... I had forgotten it happened. And yeah. when I was like thinking about what I was so excited for 2021, uh, the cast listing of additional, you know, actors and actresses were released in an article. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I saw their Instagram account and everything. So they were like announcing the new people. And that's why I was like, oh my gosh, how did I forget about Umbrella Academy season two? Because mm -hmm. that yeah. was a, I should have shouted it out last time. So yeah. the shout out is this time. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, what is your number three? My third most anticipated experience of 2021 is something that I also am unsure if, if it'll actually release or not, but it is Final Fantasy 16. Ooh. And the the primary or there's mostly there's mainly two reasons as to why it's my number th third my number third my third most uh, anticipated <laughs> thing for 2021 the first being uh the release of Final Fantasy 7 remake last year uh, in 2020 uh i just you know seeing that game and how they you know the technology and the visual representation of characters but also just the mm -hmm. gameplay developments that they've added in to the Final Fantasy franchise and seeing what uh, Square Enix is willing to do in terms of kind of evolve the series and mm -hmm. really, you know, change what it means to be a Final Fantasy game. And uh, to go along with that, uh, some news for Final Fantasy 16 is that Square Enix actually hired the battle director for Devil May Cry 5. So they actually hired him away from Capcom to help be the battle director for Final Fantasy 16. And so I don't know if you know either of you have played Devil May Cry Five, but you know Devil May Cry is a series, right? It's heavily action focused, and so just hearing that one of the main designers of that combat system is now heading the combat for Final Fantasy Sixteen, and seeing the trailer that we got last year at one of the um, PlayStation State of Plays, and seeing how action oriented the combat's looking already, I'm just so excited to kind of have a you know, who knows, but hopefully a maybe more fully action-oriented Final Fantasy versus, you know, something like 7 Remake, which is, I still love, right, but it is that 7 Remake is more so an evolution of the turn-based combat system with some action elements, but hopefully 16 takes that step that we kind of saw with Final Fantasy 15 back in 2016 of, you know, leaning more towards the action side and kind of, you know, doing combat in real time, so definitely mm -hmm. excited. Yeah, so piggybacking on Final Fantasy, um, 
something following up from last episode is I did start Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, <gasps> and it is excellent. Like, that game is so great. Um, a lot of nostalgia there. Um, but, man, that game, it's, it's just a PS4, like, backwards compatible. That game is pretty. That game yes. is, is so Except beautiful. Except for the door. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Even know what you're. Talking oh, okay. About. Maybe they fixed the door then, but we we want no spoilers here. <laughs> oh, okay. Like I'm. I'm about halfway through. I just started chapter Whoa! nine. Oh, so you got through chapter seven and the chapter seven. Uh, yes. How do you feel? Wait a minute. Am I supposed to feel something? In the react, the, the the boss fight. The boss fight, chapter seven. Yeah. Was okay. I supposed Hell, to feel something? I guess I guess it didn't mean as much to you as it did to me. That's fine. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll oh, was that the, the orchestra or whatever that you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, the song with the added orchestra and then the added oh. the choral section that got added. Okay, into the song. yeah. I When you were saying that, because I've, of course, played Final Fantasy VII, I thought you were talking about a different type of boss <laughs> in the game. Um, and so maybe I was just expecting that. Anyway, oh, oh um, I no, got I know what you're thinking of, but it's not that one. It's it's it was for uh, we'll talk about it. The Airbuster fight. Gotcha. That yeah. That was a that was that was a good fight. I I've honestly been loving the game. Um coming off so for all you back at home, I platinum Cyberpunk. It's a big moment for me and I'm really happy I can put that away because this game just showed me how bad cyberpunk was <laughs> like it, it, this game is so complete and um, not to derail the complete conversation, but it's, it makes me excited for another final fantasy game, um, which like the other final fantasies, I'm a little bit worried, like with, if it's completely open world, I like the linear nature of final fantasy seven remake. And I don't know if final fantasy 16 is going to be open world or if it's going to be more linear, but I kind of hope it's more linear. Um, because I just feel like there's too much open world right now. That's my take. I don't know if they've said anything otherwise, no, <laughs> if it's going yeah. to be open world or not. I mean, based on the trailers, we don't really know that design except for the combat, but that that's all that gets me. I, like, I'm on your side. I don't care if it's linear. I don't care if it's open world. I just want good combat, and I'll get through the rest of it. Yeah, gotcha. Speaking of linear... My number three most anticipated experience is The Witcher Season 2 that hopefully, <gasps> hopefully, hopefully will come out in 2021. I say oh it the most gosh. linear because lat, the first season, the biggest complaint that most people had, and I think Yasser would talk about, um, <laughs> which his biggest gripe of Season 1 is how nonlinear that story was. Um, and they've already gone on to talk about how this season's going to be much more linear. It's going to be more of a classic story, and it's going to have more of the characters that I just loved in season one. Um, if we just have more of that in a more linear fashion, I think season two has a great chance of being far superior than season one, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't know if they're going to hit the 2021. They had to pause production with COVID, um, but they were able to um, resume filming in August. So I'm hoping they're still on track, uh, but we'll have to see. More Geralt in a bathtub. 
That's what I want for season two. <laughs> I forgot that I forgot about Witcher. I mean, like I was kind of like thinking about when's Witcher two coming out, but yeah, um, I, I was half expecting you. you to pick it. I oh man, I I want Witcher two. Also, I want Witcher season two so bad. Uh, it. I hope it does. I hope it comes out because I I think we've talked about it. Like, um, Geralt is what I expect Geralt to be in a live action. Like I just, I thought that all the characters did them justice, like the books and the, and the movie, or sorry, the the books and the games. Um, I just loved where everything went. And I, I, I wasn't as lost because I had read some of the books. Um, but with it being more linear, I think it's going to be a little bit easier for anyone to hop in. And I am so excited. I, I hope it comes out. I hope we get some sort of trailer or something soon. Um, but I don't know. Who knows? I'm really here for that. I'm, I will be so excited for Witcher 2. Uh, Netflix actually came out with a a like trailer for all the movies that they're releasing in 2021 mm-hmm. and they pretty much announced like we're coming out with a movie each week and i was like oh yeah. my gosh and like some of them look real good yeah like i, I watched excited. the first one um with the guy that plays falcon in the mcu yes anthony mackie yeah um his name just completely blew out of my mind as soon as i mentioned him <laughs> um it was all right Oh, I'm hoping okay. like it wasn't it was kind of like I don't know if you watched Extraction on Netflix. I actually haven't yet. It, that is very good. Um with wasn't Chris Hemsworth. Dire- yeah, wasn't that directed by the Russo brothers? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Mhm. Um it I thought it was going to be more of that and kind of similar and it it was all right. It was a it was a good action movie. It wasn't great, but I guess if you're looking for something, I think it's called Outside the Wire. Um, it was fine. But hoping, like, I, I watched that trailer and I was like, Netflix is coming at it. They're, like, coming for it. A year after COVID, they're ready. I'm ready. So my number two most anticipated experience of 2021 is a little precious video game called New <laughs> Pokemon Snap, y'all. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I <laughs> Comes knew out it. April 30th. Everyone, we got a release date, April 30th, New Pokemon Snap. I loved Bug Snacks this past year. I'm so I've never played an OG Pokemon Snap. I'm so ready for New Pokemon Snap. I love that the cover art has already been released. Looks so cool. I'm so excited to take photos of pokemon and solve some puzzles or whatever like i i just Mm -hmm. i'm pretty stoked for this game because it looks adorable april 30th and i don't work that weekend so i'm ready to just be a pokemon photographer going into may (laughs) wow (laughs) now the real question is are they going to have are they going to reopen blockbuster so that you can get your snaps printed at the blockbuster wasn't that what they did like back in the day i remember yeah. they had like a big stand at my local blockbuster and that's the only time i went and played it like i played it at blockbuster and, that's and you it. printed your photos i don't think i printed i i don't i don't remember ever printing them off maybe i okay. was really trash at the game <laughs> <laughs> you had the photos to print <laughs> yeah i probably didn't even i wasn't even like controlling a controller like it was unplugged <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for new Pokemon Snap. It's I'm 
I'm stoked. Cool. Yep. Alex, I know he's silently judging me about new Pokemon Snap, but what is your number two experience? My number two is another title that I'm unsure if it's releasing this year, (laughs) but I'm hopeful it is. So thus I'm anticipating it. And that is Tales of Arise. Okay. Um, and for those that don't know, Tales of Rise is a video game in the Tales of franchise. So if you've seen some other games where it's Tales of something, it's probably in the in the same uh, franchise, except for Tales of the Borderlands, or I think that's Tales from the Borderlands, but that that's a different type of Tales game. Um, but yeah, it's it's the Tales of franchise has been something that. I grew up with, you know, one of my first, I guess, major JRPGs was Tales of Symphonia back on the GameCube. And that's what introduced me to the franchise. And, you know, I've played the games as they come out over the years. Not every single one, but, you know, the ones I've been able to access. And the last one that came out was Tales of Berseria that came out in 2017. So now going on four years old. And um, it was... It's my favorite game in the Tales franchise, but you know, sadly, it was one of the games that actually got a lower budget uh, compared to the other games in the franchise because its predecessor, Tales of Zestiria, didn't do as well. And so it's kind of this sad release of you know Zestiria, which was an okay game, you know, not that great, and then because of its poor sales, that Berseria got kind of a lower budget, and it's a game I enjoy thoroughly more, mostly because uh, the story is uh, something I enjoy a lot for that. Um, and with Tales of Arise, going along with the name, uh, typically the Tales of franchise, they relate the names to the theming of the game. So Zestiria was related to the zestiness of life, or however they wanted to describe it. And um, Berseria was related to Berserker, the feeling of rage. And mm. Arise is, in particular is meant to be kind of a uh, resurgence of the franchise. And it's something that they're um, there, as in Bandai Namco, is heavily investing into in terms of budget. So this one actually is getting a bigger budget, as you would expect with most AAA games. And in particular, they're switching away from their proprietary engine that they've used to develop the games, and they're using Unreal Engine 4. So Bandai Namco is definitely making uh, a lot of investment into this to kind of bring Tales to next-gen and current-gen. It is releasing on Xbox One and PS4, but hopefully because it was delayed out of last year because it was supposed to come out in 2020, um, that they do create a Series X and PS5 version. But yeah, I'm highly anticipating it. The trailers we got, the characters look great. They actually look like more like humans because kind of a hallmark of the Tales of franchise was, I guess, disproportionate like body shapes or like they didn't, you know, not to say Uncanny Valley, but they didn't look like real humans because they were like kind of short. Adorable chibi characters. Kind of like that, yeah. And it, it was kind of weird to view it, view the characters like that. But now they have more realistic body proportions in terms of height and arm length and legs. Um, so I'm happy about that, that they're investing into that kind of design uh, while still keeping with the same kind of, you know, art style and color palette. Um, and then also the combat looks great from what we saw potentially um they might be doing something where your the moves that you choose to do in the action it is an action rpg uh might interact with the environment so i'm interested to see if you know if i use a fire move that that if that sets the grass on fire that that helps me in mm-hmm. combat i'm definitely interested to see if that's something that carries th- 
through in the in the final release because that's something that they kind of showed in the trailers. But yeah, definitely excited for it. Neat. Uh, I think I'm excited for it too. It looks really pretty. We'll see if I play it though. I don't know. Matt, what is your second most anticipated experience? Oof. So, um, second most anticipated. So, I was between a couple games because I knew I wanted Witcher on my list. Um, but then there was a few games that I was really going between. And I think that my second most anticipated experience of 2021 is It Takes Two. Um, it oh. is a co-op game, a two-player co-op game by Hazelight. Um, they're, they're the people that made Brothers. Um, they also made A Way Out. F the um, Oscars. Yeah. Joseph Ferris, uh, he got up in the middle of the Game Awards and said, you know, F the Oscars. Well, first he asked if he could curse on uh, on the air. And Jeff Keighley was like, hey, yeah, sure, I guess. And <laughs> he just like went all in on the Oscars. And it was amazing. You guys uh, should YouTube it. Um, and then while you're on YouTube, go ahead and just look at the trailer for It Takes Two because it's amazing. Like it looks so much fun. Um, it kind of reminds me of Sackboy. Um, like that kind of feel to the game. It just looks fun and it looks like a bunch of mini games basically that you do with another person um, to get to a different goal. And it looks super diverse. Um, it, basically it follows a couple and they are their child, I guess. Um, because like, I guess this couple is like going through a rough patch. They're going to get a divorce. The child like makes these dolls and then the parents go into the dolls and like are are working through getting back to their real bodies and basically i think it's going to be like a they're going to mend each other's you know relationship and you know all that um it each sounds other's like hearts a, what's that and mend each other's hearts exactly exactly um i think it's going to be a really cute story and honestly the co-op just looks a ton of fun um i've shown people that are non-gamers this trailer and the reaction is like that looks like a game I would I would want to play. Um, so like I think it's I think it's cool. Like I I'm really excited for it. I'm all for a, a co-op experience. And the cool thing about it is, um, if you purchase one of the games, you get like this friends pass. And so basically, it allows another person to play with you on that same uh, platform. So if I play it on PlayStation Five, I can send it to um, you know, one of you all or another one of my friends, or if I, you know, did Xbox or I guess I assume it's on PC. Um, but it just looks like a fun little puzzle game, um, that I'll play and I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be great. And I really love supporting Joseph Ferris cause I think he's hilarious, uh, but he like makes pretty good games. Um, brothers, I didn't care for as much because I didn't play it with anyone else. You could play it by yourself with like each analog stick controlling one of the brothers and it was kind of difficult um but a lot of people love that game um a way out i still haven't played it me and yasser were meaning to play it because it came to game pass i think but that never happened so maybe uh we should go back and play that but um it takes two for sure my second pick oh yeah that trailer like just from the trailer alone the writing 
looks to be fantastic. Like obviously has that kind of, you know, it's a serious topic about, you know, people, a couple going through a divorce and the, you know, kind of the effects that it has on the child. But also there is a, uh, the narrator who seems to be this walking, talking storybook, um, (laughs) who has seems to be making crude gestures. Um, but it has some pretty funny lines about, you know, kind of narrating what the couple's going through and also how they have to work together to kind of overcome their differences and kind of sort things out and be like, you know, is this really what they want to do and kind of figure out what's actually going on in their relationship. So just the writing alone, um, seems like it'd be a great time, like as a watchable game too. Like, even if I'm not playing, it, I think I'd, I'd probably just watch a video of, of, of the cutscenes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm assuming I'll have a friend pass if someone wants to, to join. <laughs> yeah, it does take two. Or not. Hey. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, everyone, my number one most anticipated experience of 2021 should have been on my top six 2020 experience. Okay, here's some foreshadowing. It should have come out last year. What I'm talking about is the movie Eternals. Oh, wow. It is coming out November 5th, 2021. Originally supposed to come out November 2020. It is an MCU film. It has such a, you know, huge A-lister cast, which includes like Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, Selma Hayek, Gemma Chan, Kit Harington, so and so many new faces and stuff. And I have literally very little idea of what the story is going to entail. However, I am so excited for the Eternals because it's more cosmic Marvel universe. I you know, didn't really know anything about the Guardians of the Galaxy originally before the movie came out and I fell in love. That's kind of what I'm anticipating right now with the Internals film. It's been done forever. Like, I want to see it so badly. I'm so excited for what the story entails. I really want to know, get to know all these different characters. I'm anticipating if, you know, essentially the Eternals are about these like celestial beings that have been, you know, around for a long time. So are they going to try to like slip them in to like past MCU films? I have no idea. I'm so intrigued. I really want phase four of the MCU to happen uh, because I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And I really want to watch this movie. Uh, the MCU just recently started WandaVision uh, with their Disney Plus shows, and I'm here for it. You know, I was so excited to see the Marvel like logo show up on my screen when I was watching the first two episodes of WandaVision. And I'm ready for the films. I'm ready for them to come back in action. And Eternals, I'm ready. So are these actors signed on for multi-film deals? Like, are we guaranteed to see them beyond Eternals? Or is it like, Probably. Is that, like we don't know yet? I mean, I, I don't know, but I feel like that they are. I don't know what universe they're building next. Or I guess like plot line, plot thread that they're building with it. Eternals sounds very standalone. However, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if those actors were... Um, signed on for multi-picture deal. I mean, to be honest, I'm actually kind of surprised that Gemma Chan is in this movie um, because she was originally cast as Minerva in Captain Marvel. Um, She didn't really do much in that movie. 
obviously. So I guess they felt okay to like recast her. Also, as Minerva, she was Cree, so she was like blue and all that. So in um, Eternals, she's going to be a completely different character. So, you know, some people might not put two and two together either. Because mm-hmm. like I normally don't hear about, you know, using the same actor in a different role, minus Paul Bettany, who was Jarvis and is now Vision. Um, but yeah, I. I'm just really excited for it, and I really want to watch it. Yo, Kumail Nanjiani, like, he is jacked now because of this role. Yeah, for real. He looks good. That was crazy. He went like, through a metamorphosis. And, he did. But it also got- sounded kind of sad because he had, like, literally had to change his eating habits and, like, couldn't eat cake for, like, a oh, year yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, you look at my body and you know I eat cake. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting cast in the Eternals, all right? I oh, know, but once you are, then you'll be I, like Kumail. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Which if you're get, metamorphosis, if you're getting paid to work out, that's true. Like no one I pays would, me to work out. Yeah, exactly. Like if someone paid me to work out, I would work out because it'd be healthy for me and I'd be getting paid. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but Eternals, um, I'm totally here for it. Yeah, I kind of want to watch. Um, the big sick and then <gasps> I, watch the eternals rape after it just yeah. to be like is this the same person no <laughs> that's a great movie i love the big sick that was so i love good. the big sick too i love yeah. the big sick so good so are you are you what are your thoughts on black widow because black widow happens before like so that's how phase four begins is black widow is that correct i think i don't know i'm confused because black widow it comes out in like what may or june right Yes, it comes out in May, but Black Widow is also, I think, like, a movie set in the past. Gotcha. Like, my my understanding is that Black Widow potentially is happening before Civil War? Right. Or oh, because that's, that's what happens in between some of the Avenger movies. Yeah, I, at least I think... You know what? Don't People, please don't quote me. Or if you want to write in an RXP underscore podcast on twitter or podcast at gmail.com if you want to write it and tell me what i got wrong please feel free to explain it um okay but it is the first film in phase four even though it's like happening in a different timeline that i'm not quite sure when that is um but i did check and see that it is the first film in phase four gotcha um but yeah i don't really understand when the timeline is i don't know if it's before civil war i don't know if it's before infinity war uh i'm not i'm not sure couldn't the eternals be before everything as well that's true really know yeah it's playing devil's advocate i have no idea yeah that's true eternals can be whenever i don't even it could be throughout time the movie could be like watching them throughout (laughs) history and then Shang-Chi is actually coming out in the summertime. But Oh yeah, I bet that plays into it. You know, interestingly enough, Shang-Chi I don't think was technically like pushed back. Like I think Shang-Chi was always meant to come out in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um so it was kind of interesting to see that that movie's kind of kept its spot. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, I just I mean, I'm excited for all three of them, don't get me wrong, but right. I'm most excited for Eternals. Gotcha. Cuz like Falcon and Winter Soldier had to be pushback right because we're assuming black widow 
has something some connection to Falcon and Winter Soldier because like didn't that show get pushed back like it was supposed to be one of the first ones and now it's like middle Correct. of the road for shows yeah it was supposed to be before WandaVision but then WandaVision came out first yeah I mean I'm I'm excited for the rejuvenation of the MCU this year like oh, 2021 yeah. give it to me um I've uh-huh. been waiting for so long but I'm so yeah, with I- you like when that Marvel icon just came up when I was watching the first couple episodes of WandaVision, I was like, yes, we've made it back. Yes. <laughs> we've made it back. And it's not the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also, audience, look out. Uh, Matt and I will be doing a peer review for WandaVision uh, yes. when that's over. So get excited for that. Mm-hmm. Alex, you're not joining WandaVision? Not feeling it? Mm, no. Yeah. I'm not. Like, those characters don't really interest me, so I don't Mm -hmm. have any investment in the show. Gotcha. Well, what does interest you, though, in 2021? (laughs) What a segue. Number one most anticipated experience for 2021. Another thing that who knows if it's coming out in 2021, but I'm excited for it. And that is Horizon Forbidden West. Um, so this, the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, which came out back in uh, 2017, you know, right before the Switch came out in Breath of the Wild, and you know, Breath of the Wild got a lot of the, you know, spotlight back then, right? You know, with all due uh, respect in terms of it being an amazing game, but you know, Horizon Zero Dawn also being a great game, just having come out like a week before uh, the Switch came out, and the main reason. I'm excited for this and it's my most anticipated uh, experience for 2021 is that so Death Stranding, which is uh, a game that was made by Hideo Kojima that came out back in 2019 on PlayStation and then 20 mid 2020 on PC uh, actually used the same uh, development engine uh, that uh, Guerrilla Games, who made Horizon, used to make Horizon. And that's the Decima engine. And seeing what Kojima and his, you know, Kojima Productions and they were, what they were able to do with the engine and making Death Stranding made me more excited at the possibilities of what the future of the Horizon franchise could also benefit as well from the engine. Uh, mostly because in Death Stranding, which is a game about traversing uh, basically rural terrain in order to deliver packages. So you're think you know, Amazon delivery man, but extreme edition and just seeing the physics and terrain kind of interaction with using, uh, you know, uh, like pivots that you stick in the ground and kind of lines that you then rappel down or being able to place ladders across rivers or even on precarious ledges and climbing up them in order to scale this kind of, you know, the mountains or the rocks And just the amount of capability that the character had in that game of traversing the landscape and that that game was primarily about how do I get from point A to point B. And with Horizon being more of a action game, right, third person action game where you're fighting these robotic dinosaurs and, you know, post-apocalyptic America. And in particular, uh, it now taking place on the West Coast, which is where I currently reside. So just being able to see landmarks from, you know, potentially stuff I've seen in real life would will be amazing just to see like, oh, this is San Francisco, but 2000 years in the future. So that'll be fun to see. Um, but 
yeah, just seeing what the Decima engine can do in Death Stranding and how that can potentially play into how Horizon Forbidden West will play and that the original game had the stereotypical open world design of, oh, look for the colored markings in the terrain and you know where to you know progress, right? Because obviously the game was very limited about how you could get across the environment. Um, but now that they've um, Kojima approved pr- uh, with Death Stranding that you can kind of have this free form exploration of if you can see something, you pretty much can go there as long as you're smart about how you use your equipment. I'm hopeful that they carry that design into Forbidden West. And in addition to the swimming that it seems like they're adding to the game where you can actually, you know, dive in water with a rebreather and stuff that that's a world that I will thoroughly enjoy exploring and, you know, fighting in and also, you know, obviously beating the antagonist of whoever's causing trouble at that in this, in this installment. And so, yeah, overall it's, and it's a game that I hope really leverages the power of PS5. I know it's considered a cross gen title, so they will be making a PS4 version, but I'll be playing on the PlayStation five. And I'm hopeful that this game really shows off like what the PS5 can do in terms of, you know, raw horsepower. Um, So that's why it's my most anticipated experience for 2021. What are the odds that Horizon Forbidden West comes out and then immediately a Nintendo Direct happens and they're like, hey, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 coming out next Honestly, week. <laughs> I think that's going to be the fate of it. And I mean, that's fine because I mean, yeah. you know, Breath of the Wild, great game. Horizon, great game. And if, mm-hmm. you know, Hopefully Horizon Forbidden West, great game. And I hope Breath of the Wild 2 is also a great game. Yeah, it's everyone wins. It would just be the sad fate if that were to happen again, where that would be crazy. The the spotlight gets taken away just because it it came out first. But, you know, you would think that this would be like a summer release Horizon. Like, that's where I would assume it would be. Um, With it being on PS4 and PS5, I feel like it's a summer game. I hope so. I mean, I have the no sooner idea. the better, but don't yeah. rush it. Because as uh, as Cyberpunk has shown us, it's yeah. You know, don't rush the title out. But if you can get it out as soon as possible, I will buy that collector's edition as soon as I can. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. So, you know, I'm I have not played the first Horizon since you know I just got back into the PlayStation ecosystem, um, which it's not it's not part of the PS Plus collection. Um, which I kind of hate, but um, I'm willing <laughs> to uh, put in a couple, you know, bucks or something um, for it to play it. But I'm I'm choosing not to play it until they release it because I'd rather play games like Final Fantasy VII Remake and um, I think you know God of War is something I definitely want to play. Um, but if they put a release date, you could probably bet that I'll be purchasing the first one on the PS. Uh, ps store um because it looks great like it it looks like an adult legend of zelda um which those are you know my impressions i honestly didn't watch much of the game because i knew one day i'd play it um but yeah all that sounds amazing because i loved breath of the wild um and so why not have more like that tiffany did you ever play horizon no, I didn't because open world games give me a lot of anxiety. Um, but I, feel you. I am intrigued 
And it's like constantly on sale for like nine ninety nine with the DLC. Um, and so I'm kind of like, maybe I'll wait if Alex had mentioned, maybe they'll come out with like a remaster version for mm-hmm. PS five. Yeah. Probably that's why it's not part of the PS plus uh, collection because they want you to buy it similar to how mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2018 wasn't a part of the PS plus collection. Um, so maybe I might get my feet wet with horizon when forbidden West comes out or whatever news they might come out with, with a yeah. updated version. I I heard in the rumor mill, and this is getting less and less likely the more we go on, that at the end of January, beginning of February, we would have a PlayStation Direct or what are they called? Place what is state it? State of play. State of play. State of play. Yeah, I'm like mixing up PlayStation and Nintendo. Um, a state of play. So maybe they'll release something more than they have. Maybe that'd be awesome. I'm I'm excited for you and for everybody else because I think a lot of people are looking forward to that. Yeah, more robotic dinosaurs, please. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. So, number one, anticipated experience of 2021 for me um, should be no surprise to anyone um, who especially listened to our DC Fandom uh, episode way back in the day. Um Seems so long ago. Uh, but it's Gotham Knights. Uh, I don't know. Wow. I know. Um, I, I'm very excited for this game. I They had me at the first trailer. I know some people didn't like it, the trailer. I It just sold me from the very beginning. I'm a huge Batman fan. Um, always have been. Love the comics. Love all the Arkham games. Um, of course, this is not... A Rocksteady game, um, so it's not going to be an Arkham game. It's not in that same universe, but I think that talking to the creative, or not me talking to, but listening to interviews with the creative director, um, I, I just think that they're they're using like the appropriate reverence for the source material. They just want to do this game well and do these these characters well and of course like they said in the in the first thing like batman's dead supposedly i doubt it uh but you know supposedly he's dead um but you basically follow along with either robin red hood batgirl or nightwing and um it just seems very user-friendly like you want to instead of having to level up each individual character um, they level up as you level up. So it's like a general overall level that you level up. So you can choose to work on Nightwing. And if you know your friend picks Nightwing, then you can do Red Hood and it won't be any less level. Um, it kind of scales you along. So I, like, I think there's a lot of cool little nuances to it. And of course, um, I talked a little bit in DC Fandom episode about the Court of Owls, but I think that story has needed more attention from the general public so i'm i'm really excited i think it's going to be a great story um i think it's going to be a fun experience and honestly the trailer that they showed over the summer was really well put together like i i was really impressed and i i really liked it so um hoping that it makes a 2021 release um their twitter has been pretty active um but it hasn't you know given any more trailers no more release dates um, but i'm hoping to play it this year and hoping for someone to play it with me i don't know if you guys are interested at all in gotham knights um i'm back you guys girl. Have even thought about it 
Yeah, I, I remember that part. <laughs> <laughs> I distinctly remember that part. <laughs> I'm interested. Is that that's a two player game though, right? Even though there's it four is. characters. Yeah. yeah. I was it ever a three player? I don't know. You'd know more than me. I feel. I've. For some reason, I thought it was three-player, but all these new interviews are saying strictly two, um, which is kind of sad. Um, but at the same time, you know, I've talked about before, I'm glad it's not a four-person co-op because I think that would just get way too jumbled. Um, and I think um, there's so many mashups, but it doesn't really make sense. You know, I think Yasser even mentioned the first time we talked about this is that it doesn't make sense for, you know, all four of those characters to be in the same part of the city at once it's not like the avengers you know it's like it's not like some thing oh, so that it's happens. not like thematically appropriate yeah um but having two people team up that happens all the time almost every issue like that that's that's something that always happens so i'm really excited um nightwing has always been one of my favorites so that'll probably be who i kind of lean towards um but i'm really excited to you know play red hood and you know, I won't I won't play Batgirl because you know that's Alex, but um, I'll, I'll I'll play some of the others. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it comes out, I th- I might be intrigued. Uh, yeah. it looks cool. I mean, I like I love a good co op experience. Alex knows mm-hmm. it's, it's my jam. Um, wow, you know, to be honest, Matt, I thought the Batman movie was going to make your list. Well, it's Robert not. Pattinson. I think it it already got pushed back to twenty twenty two. Oh, did it? I think. Yeah. Um, oh, that would have, yeah. We'll cut that um, out. <laughs> no, no, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, because that that is something, like, I kind of wanted to do one game, one TV show, and one movie. And I'm kind of lukewarm on all the movies that are coming out this year. Like, I think there's a lot of movies I'll see, um, but nothing is jumping out at me. Um, but the Batman did get pushed back to a release date tentatively of March 4th, 2022. Um, they really got hit hard with COVID. Um, I think Robert Pattinson oh, that's right, did get he, COVID. Robert, yeah, Robert Pattinson got yeah. COVID. So, um, you know, when, so Batman's got pushed back to 2022 and, you know, when, when I was making my list, Matt, I also did a similar, th- obviously I did a similar thing, a game, a movie and a TV show. To be honest, my game would have been Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. However, that was pushed back a few, like early, um, like a few weeks ago, basically. Mm-hmm. Hogwarts Legacy was announced to push back to 2022. So I was like, dang it. Because I mm-hmm. was stoked for that. Um, but yeah. I like it. It'll be interesting to see if all of our games and movies and TV shows still hit this year you know because there's so much uncertainty i think in 2021 because covid has really gone crazy um with development of all these things um you know i was very tempted to put halo infinite on my list um because i it got pushed back a whole year but i think that was the smart move especially that happened and then cyberpunk happened and i'm like man phil spencer's got to be somewhere like good thing that wasn't me (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah but i think halo infinite should come out and i think it's gonna be great like i think there's no way they'll let it be bad i think they'll easily push it back again if it's not ready but that's the thing will it be ready in a just in one more year so who knows who knows yeah i guess we'll see i mean so 
We've named our top three most anticipated 2021 experiences. We all hope that we will get to experience it in 2021. Otherwise, we'll probably have to kick it to our list for 2022. Um, But, you know, thanks for listening. If you guys want to write in and comment on why our 2021 lists are on point, please write in to rxp.podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at at rxp underscore podcast. Uh, tell us why you're also excited for our experiences or you think our lists are lame and you can tell us what we missed out on and <laughs> correct us. I mean, that might be on my list. You know, we didn't talk about number four and five, you know, or six yeah. for that matter. That's true. So, we love top sixes. Yeah. Around here, rxp podcast and top sixes <laughs> okay well thanks for listening y'all have a good day bye bye i'm back girl was i supposed to feel something